Chauncey Howell wraps up the Kennedy wedding Monday at 5. Tonight, just when you forget it isn't safe to go in. What happened? It's too late. Miss Sharp, swallow you whole. What we are dealing with here is an eating machine. It's a killer. It's a man-eater. There is no escaping the ultimate terror. He's going to continue to feed here as long as there is food in the water. Roy Scheider. Gonna need a bigger boat. Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfus in Steven Spielberg's summer classic, Jaws. Next. Joggist, it is Joggist, where I will be watching Jaws each day. Podcast, got a podcast, but I'm not quite sure what I will say. The choice of this time might give you pause, cause it has nothing to do with Jaws. Joggist, it is Joggist, where every day I will watch Jaws and talk about Jaws. It helps if you like Jaws. Do you remember the 23rd day of Joggers? Happy Joggers 23rd, everybody. And you know what that means? That means today, for the 23rd day in a row, I watched Jaws. And for the 23rd day in a row, I'm here talking about Jaws. And I'm excited because we have a big show tonight. We have lots of guests Lots of surprises. Uh, we have a lot of people calling in. I have some emails, some voicemails I want to share with you. So before we... We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Small Town Big Corruption, part of the Inquisito Podcasting Network. On today's episode, we look back at a small New England resort town's brush with death back in 1975 or 1974, depending on who you talk to. This story not only deals with death, but with corruption. What goes down in history as a tragic tale of terror 
from the deeps of the sea is really a story of power grabs, money over morals, and a governmental cover-up. Today, Small Town Big Corruption takes a trip to the seaside of Greed Beach. Hey guys, I just want to take a moment to tell you about Lucy.com. Everybody does laundry, right? They wash their pants, they wash their shirts, they wash their underwear, and they wash their socks. I can't tell you how many times I've done all this, wash them, dry them, and then when I go to fold them and put them away, I find one sock. One sock. Where's the other sock? Well, that's where Lucy.com comes in. What they do is they are proprietary software that they will take a photo and scan your sock, and then they will use their database to find you another sock and send it to you. That's right. For every sock that you lose, there's a sock that Lucy.com has to match that. So you don't have to go and buy new socks every time you lose one. Just go to L-O-O-S-I-E.com now. Use promo code QUINT for 10% off your first order. And make sure your socks never have to be alone again. Amity Island has long been known for its clean air, clear water, beautiful white sand beaches. But in recent days, a cloud has appeared on the horizon of this beautiful resort community. A cloud in the shape of a killer shark. I apologize for the quality of that audio, but that was taken off an old VHS of a 1975 or 74, July 4th news broadcast in which you heard the reporter talking about Amity Island and having the terror of a shark. Yes, it turns out, we're just going to say 1975. In 1975, this small fishing and resort community, Amity Island, was terrorized by a great white shark that had staked its claim um, off the shore. It was what was determined as a rogue shark who would stay in the area while food was readily available. And what's more readily available than a resort community that has people swimming at all depths of water and people fishing and always on the water, there was an abundance of food for the shark to constantly come back and back for more. But that is nature. Man does enjoy to swim. Man does enjoy to fish. There is a certain level of control that you do not have over what is in the water when you don't know what is in the water. But what if you do know? What if you know there's something there? And you don't tell anybody. What if you know there's something there and you keep your mouth shut for the almighty dollar? I, I, was, I was there that day. That is the voice of Len Hendricks, a retired Amity police officer who spoke to us via telephone to tell us firsthand about the cover-ups that started right from the beginning. I was on the barge with the mayor and the chief of police. In fact, I'm the one who told the mayor in the first place about the shark. He'd hurried us into his Cadillac. and We drove 
as fast as we could through the town to get to the chief who was heading out on a barge. And um, I was not part of the conversation, but I was privy to it. I could, I could overhear them. And I remember hearing the mayor tell the chief of police that they can't close the beaches. He was saying that telling people there's a shark, people will panic, and they were they rely on the summer dollar. And I've lived my entire life in Amity. I know we are a summer resort. But this is life and death. And for the mayor to say these things, I could see that all he cared about was his real estate, his re-election, and his pocket. And I even overheard him tell the local medical examiner that they were going to change the report. He somehow strong-armed this man to say that the shark attack was some sort of boating accident. And I've kept quiet too long. You know, in the end, they did kill the shark. But at what cost? At what cost? From what we understand, there was a young girl who was killed by this shark uh, in one evening, overnight. She was reported missing. Her body was discovered. The medical examiner did report it as a shark attack. And then the mayor of Amity met with the medical examiner, drove to meet the chief of police, and explained to him that he cannot be closing these beaches. They rely on the summer dollar. Okay? He's afraid that if they don't come to Amity, they'll go swim someplace else, like the Hamptons, Long Island. The problem is, why are you going to be serving up a smorgasbord of people to a shark only to line your pockets? And what's worse, he was able to strong arm or persuade or something somehow talk a medical professional to change his report to say, oh, shark attack? No, actually, it was a boat accident, maybe a boat propeller. The fact that the mayor holds so much power in this small town, too much power for one man, and that it allowed a medical professional to put his career on the line because he feared more the mayor than he did the retribution of Um, another shark attack. That just shows that this small town of Amity is really like a a small town uh, mob family. My grandfather was there. He was in the room. He risked his life to record what he recorded. That's the voice of Harold Keisel III. No longer a resident of Amity, we tracked Harold Keisel down because his grandfather, known mostly as Harry, was a local business operator, resident, and he was on the board of selectmen in Amity at the time of the attacks. My grandfather was a good man. He was a simple man. He enjoyed his bicycle rental shop. He enjoyed swimming, loved to go swimming, and uh, he really enjoyed and loved the, the town of Amity. 
The only thing he didn't really like were the eight or nine-year-olds who were karateing his picket fences. But he loved his town and he loved his neighbors. And that's why he couldn't stand by idly when he saw what was going on. What you're about to listen to is some hastily recorded audio from a meeting with selectmen. This meeting was filled with um, town officials and the chief of police and business owners. And it seemed like the business owners, all they cared about was the bottom line. They didn't want the beaches to close. They didn't want to lose the money coming in on their pockets. No, what you're going to hear is the words from a noted fisherman and shark hunter who offers his services to take care of everything for them. And instead of listening to him, they completely ignore him, completely ignore his resume, his expertise, and his offer just to allow a bunch of local bozos to go out there and try to catch the shark for themselves at no cost to the taxpayer. They want the woman whose son was murdered on the beach to take care of the costs because all they care about is money. Now, the quality of this recording is a little... Um, is a little low only because uh harry keisel had to hastily set up the recording he, he had the tape recorder in his bag under the table and you can hear him kind of fidgeting with it as he's trying to um set it up so he could try to get the best audio of what um what was going on in the room at the time two voices you hear in that recording. The first one is the local fisherman who uh, just goes by the name Mr. Quint offering to take care of their problems at a price. That second voice is from the mayor himself, the late Larry Vaughn. You could hear him saying that we'll take this under advisement right before the cassette cuts off there and I again I apologize for the quality you could hear you know the nervous breaths of Harry as he's recording this um, and you kind of he's trying to stay still 
but I, um, it's still pretty clear as to what you saw. A man offers his services to all the business leaders and city town officials, and they completely ignore him because what happens then, this is actually before the 4th of July. This is before the news report, okay? They send a bunch of yahoos out to catch a shark, a, a, and guess what? They come back with a shark. Problem solved, except it wasn't the correct shark. No, it wasn't until a third person was killed and a fourth person was found dead in his own boat that something was done. But I actually looked through police records and hospital records at that time, and it seems like on July 4th in the Amity Hospital, a Mr. Michael Brody was brought in to the hospital with a case of mild shock. Now, why does that name sound familiar to you, maybe? Because Michael Brody is the oldest son of the chief of police at the time, Martin Brody. And as you can see, their son, something happened on that day. We're not exactly sure. Um, I've talked to some locals, and they say that he was near a shark attack or saw that third shark attack or something. But he, whatever happened... After the chief of police's son was on was was part of an attack or near an attack or something happened to him personally, then finally do they convince the taxpayers and the city officials and the mayor to hire that Mr. Quint to go and kill the shark. And two days later, the shark is dead. Now, unfortunately, um, that that Quint character did die uh, in the process as well. He was swallowed up by the shark. But finally, Amity was saved, um, and they were shark-free forever. Don't let any other reports tell you anything different. A shark never, ever, 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 ever terrorized Amity again. But was the shark the real problem? Or was it that they really lived on? Greed Beach. Better than I ever dreamt it would have. Um, everything worked fine as far as the Zoom and the call-ins. And I just want to appreciate and thank um, all my guests uh, and all the people who called in and voicemails. And remember, you can leave a voicemail. You can leave a message uh, if you just go to um, fans.experts.com slash joggist. You'll see a link under any of the show notes. Or, of course, you could email me at joggist at fans.experts.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Geek Mentality. And, um, yeah, that's it. Whew. I, I can't imagine saying anything more. What a show, what a show. Which just begs the question, what's in store for tomorrow? We'll find out then. Same Jaws time, same Jaws channel. We'll see you tomorrow. Here is my theme song. This is my podcast. I made it. Geek Mentality is what I named it. And I think you should listen and subscribe. 
Cause I'm kinda funny and awesome I think that I'm worth your time And I'm kinda handsome My mom says Please listen and Please subscribe At least listen to this episode Fans not experts